Rush Nerds Unite. It's the Ludini Rock and Rush Podcast. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. Ludini is back, and yes, as the man said, we have assumed control. It is the Ludini Rock and Rush podcast coming yeah. at you here from sunny, from the sunny climes of Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania. Yes, sir. We come at you uh, every week as the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, um, and once a month, the Ludini Rock and Rush Circus podcast. Circus, circus, rock rock circus, circus podcast. Circus podcast. Sure, why not? Circular podcast. Sure, why not? So uh, we uh, some just quick updates. Lily is not here. Um, so what we do is so how we're going to move this do some moving forward mm-hmm. is when she says, "Hey guys, I can't do next week." We're like, "Excellent!" I mean, "Oh, we'll miss you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Pittsburgh Kevin yes. is here. How you doing? Mr. Hey man, how's it going? Um, so um, th- so that's what that's what's going on. We will uh, we're going to do a little Ludini stuff. We're going to get right into Rush here in a yeah, second. Yeah. Uh, quick thing, though. Uh, check out LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. Check out RockRageRadio.com. And please uh, patronize Wolf's Customs uh, at WolfsCustoms.online Wolfie. for custom artwork done on your musical instruments. Yeah. Okay, so we wanted to get into it today. Mr. Pittsburgh is here. Hi. And uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to go ahead and get right into this album. I've been... I... Um, been wanting to talk about i've actually been talking about counterparts mm-hmm. <laughs> have you since now? it came out wow um, i have a specific can you, you mr pittsburgh do you have any specific memories or anything from that time um when the album came out that you know maybe how you heard it for the first time or or all right so here's here's the dealio um so that's not what i wanted that's not it so, uh, let's see. That's what I want. That's uh-huh, uh-huh, the way I want it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's on Rush's new album. <laughs> is it really? Oh, my gosh. All right, so what I'm doing is I, I just want to make... Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, when I would get a Rush album back in the day, I would listen from the first track all the way through, okay? That lasted up to Hold Your Fire. Now, I don't... Hold Your Fire! Hold your fire now. Hold your fire, motherfucker. Um, after that, can like, a motherfucker hold your fire? <laughs> like with Presto. Wait, listen, goddamn Rush can hold your goddamn fire. Somebody help me. I'm excited. Have a beer. It's Rush. Um, I'm excited. Rush. I know you're excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. Now the thing is, like after that, like Presto and Roll the Bones and Counterparts and all that good stuff. Um, I I would get the album, but I wouldn't just sit down and listen to it. I would like kind of listen to it bit, bits and pieces and pick out my favorite songs. And those are the ones that I would focus on. And and so I don't think it was until um, Vapor Trails and Snakes and Arrows that I went back to listening to the entire album in, in its entire, entirety. So when, when, when you said, let's do Counterparts, I'm like, oh, today was the first day I actually listened to it from. And I knew all the songs, but I had never listened to them all the way through. So I, I have thoughts on some of them, like well we'll get into it but i'm like okay all right so okay. I, I almost want to go back and listen to like presto and roll the bones and stuff like that and just listen to them all the way through again <clears throat> and, i uh, was um the first time i heard the album money was too tight to mention so buying this on cd was not going to happen but i remember that it came out I remember hearing the song Cold Fire and the song Stick It Out song mm-hmm. Stick It Stick Out, it out. Yep. Stick It Out had a video on MTV um, 
and I remember just loving both of those songs. Thought they were so thought they were really good. And and um, one night, I um, my girlfriend's brother and his wife came over, mm-hmm. and we would basically drink, get high, and eat yeah. food. Yeah. Till like you know, till you started to see the first rays of light. Coming sure, through, you sure. Know what I mean. And we would we would play we you know he would sometimes he would he'd bring records yeah we're playing for each other yes. you know what I mean and um, we just talked about everything life you know everything you know um, and um, he came down and he was like oh my god have you heard this song by Rush they're like they're like in like uh, you know down tuned and it's like so freaking heavy and I've never I haven't heard them do anything like that since their first record. <clears throat> and um, I was like, we both nerded out because I had heard it too. Mm-hmm, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God. Yeah. So we nerded out and the girls were just kind of sitting there rolling their eyes, you know, at <laughs> us, you know, his wife and my girlfriend, you know, they were sort of like, you know, um, and I just, so it was a, it was a record that I really, but I had no other way, other way of, the only songs I heard for years were Stick It Out and and Cold Fire, and mm-hmm. I didn't even hear those that much. Right. I'd like right. wait for the radio to play it. Yep. Um, so uh, when I got into a position where I was like, you know, like well, I started a few years later, it was um, The Exchange and all these places oh, where you yeah, go. You there's go all kind of, and, uh-huh. So I could, so I started buying tons, all the records. I have freaking like yes. boxes full of yes, CDs you do. here. Yeah. And I just bought absolutely everything that I always wanted to own, but like never had the money for. When I was a kid, it was so many. There was bands that were peripheral to me that I liked, and I would have been like, "I'll give you a good example, like the Michael McDonald incarnation of the Doobie Brothers." Sure. Like I was a record. Those are records I would have liked to have bought, mm-hmm. but it was just I was just like, no money. So right. I was like super right. like, oh, I can't really, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I would just. Um, so when I got to the point, so like I bought like both Doobie Brothers greatest hits, and all sure. kinds of records. Like yeah. I, you know, I got Earth, Wind, and Fire's greatest hits. I got Frank yeah. Sinatra's greatest hits. I was like, I got Elvis's. You know, I was just like going back to anything that I kind of liked, and, and you know, and so I got into a lot of music. But one of the records I bought right away, one of the first records I bought yeah. was Counterparts. Oh, okay. Because like I just knew that it had to be a great record, and I had never heard Animate before, and yeah. I thought that's that's the song the song that opens the track, right? Yeah, the, the track that opens the album, the song that opens the album, the track that opens my track butthole. Ends up in your, what? Yeah, you know. So these things happen, Mister Pittsburgh. Don't interrupt me. <laughs> I'm having a I'm having a very intimate moment with one of my favorite. Nice. Apparently, fucking with you. yes, yes. Um, so, that explains the whole screw in the nut there. Exactly, no, yeah, okay. and I, I'm going to totally yeah. geek out on this because I even I found. And this is another thing, because I couldn't get the record, but I did find this awesome, awesome interview in Guitar for the Practicing Musician with Alex Lifeson, where he gets into all the nerdy bits about his recording of this album. Oh, cool. And I found a copy of it on 2112.net. Oh, nice. So I'm gonna we're gonna kind of refer to that here in a little okay, bit. Okay, very good. But I had heard that record and I was just like, I just loved the you know, Getty Lee said that this album was them reconnecting with the rock and roll guts of Rush. Yeah, and that's yeah. a great fucking description yeah. of this album because like I loved to, one of my favorite Rush songs and Mr. Pittsburgh and I have talked about this for years yes. is Time Stand Still I think mm-hmm. it's a, it, oh, it might yeah. be one of the top great 
pop songs of what the 1980s. I mean, yeah. it's a really yeah. good pop, like late, especially late 1980s, mm-hmm. when you know things were kind of changing around and stuff. Like at some of the early 1980s, stars weren't as big. Hair metal was kind of like we didn't know where that was going. Right. And you know, so but that song and it was so neat that they teamed up with Amy Mann. Amy like, Mann everything was about in there great, singing. Yes. You know, yes. but to hear them sound like a fucking rock and roll band, mm-hmm. I'm like Jesus Christ. Also, um, I'm gonna. Talk, I'm, I'm, I wanted to bring this up anyway, so we just might as well get into it um, uh, right now if I can get back to that. Here we go. Okay. There you are. Um, this album is in great company yeah. in terms of albums that came out in nights came out in 1993. Check out some of the albums that came out. These are seminal records and yes. fucking counterparts by Rush is like it's on the list. In there with um, them. Exile in Guyville by Liz Fair. Oh. Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Utero by Nirvana. Ooh, look at that. Right, exactly. Um, the Cranberries, everybody else is wow. doing it. Yeah. August and Everything After by Counting Crows, one of my favorite albums of all time. Yes. Um, so let me see. We scrolled. Well, this is going to let me do something. Come on, Pooter. My Pooter ain't working. Oh, Somebody work my Pooter for there me. There you go. Ten Sumner's Tales by Sting. Sting. That's a yes. great, that's, that's yes. really that's a really good record. Uh, if I ever lose my faith, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Zootropa by U2. Sure. Superstar Car Wash by the Goo Goo Dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Tie White Noise by David Bow Bowie. 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 Is it Bo- I, see, I always said Bowie. Then I found out no, it's Bowie. I did not know that. I did not know that. I did not know get that. Get hip. Go, get a grip. Get, get hip. No, get hip and get a grip. Oh, and by uh, by uh, Aerosmith. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of like... A lot like, of good albums. Yeah, lo- yeah. Oh, and the record, this is the this is the interesting part. Uh, nice. I was talking about album facts. Um, per, uh, Pearl Jam's uh, Versus came out the same week, and that was the only thing that kept counterparts from being number one. It was stuck at number two because Versus was just such a fucking like force of nature when that album came out. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a Pearl Jam fan or not, you got to give the devil's due. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so that's why, or else it would have been a number one album. But Counterparts is an album it's of right note. There. And it was a big record for them. They sold a lot of records. Um, people really uh, loved this album. And I think that like moving on from there, I don't think they... Um, um, they, I think that they made an effort to retain a, like a little germ of that album kind of like on what they did moving forward because mm-hmm. the rest of the records are much more big guitar right. and things like that. They yeah. never really went back to the, the synthesizer synthesizer, yeah, um, yeah. synthesizer thing. Um, so this was a, um, a, a counterparts is the culmination of their move away from the keyboard music back to the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Alex Lifeson like actually got pissed. He like he, he there's uh, you know him you know they've uh, you know those guys kept knew how to keep private lives private and they were right. also smart enough to know that just because you have an argument doesn't mean I hate you exactly <laughs> like, yeah he was Kenny Lee I hate you <laughs> if they weren't children like people are today right. they realized that they were having a, a disagreement and like they tried to hear each other's points and even though you know there was t- they finally they found a way to work it out. Exactly. You know that, that's that's what adults do. Cause I don't know. Maybe people in the 21st century don't know that. Um, <coughs> yeah, Kenny, I hate you. Take your keyboard and jump up your ass. <laughs> that's a, literally what he said. He said it just like that. And that's not <laughs> um, but um, he was like, he was like, wait a minute. Why am I trying to find a way to work around the keyboards? Right. I'm. You know, he doesn't say it like this in the interview. This is in um, uh, the, the behind all behind the oh beyond uh, the. 
Beyond the, the Light and Stage. stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would call it Beyond Behind the Gilded Cage. I call that name. The you movie, call it every everything. Fun, every but I know what you mean. And uh, but he doesn't say. You know, he doesn't say like. You know, he doesn't get like. You're a bass player. He doesn't get like, he doesn't get, like super pissy. Or, off. Or like you know, not like. Wait a minute. I'm like one of the greatest guitarists, one of the greatest power rock trios of all time. Yeah. Why am I playing second fiddle to a fucking keyboard? He doesn't say that, but that's kind of like the implication, his mm-hmm, tone of voice mm-hmm. and everything when he talks about it. He's like, why am I trying to work out parts to go around keyboards? <laughs> you know, what, what the fuck, exactly. Getty? Get your shit together. And I think this is one of those things where, you know, he's. I think those guys have a, like, a. a they dealt with each. They deal with each other with kind like they have super respect for each other musically. Mm-hmm. So somebody starts doing something and it seems to be working. The other guys, like, oh sure, let's do that. That's cool. You know, what I mean, there's no like super like I have to get my ideas out. You know that kind of yeah, thing. Um, and so I think he was happy to go along. I am. Sorry about that, guys. Um, anyways, if I'm talking too loud. Listen to go listen to Joe Rogan. I should start. Uh, I should start fucking with Lou and start going. Oh, go. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting myself prepared, <clears throat> air quotes, and I may have prepared a little too well for this That's podcast. Fine. That's all I'm saying at the moment. That's fine. Um, it brings out the excitement. I'm really excited, if you can, if you can tell. But um, yeah, so <laughs> why would he be trying to work his way around keyboards when right. you know? So. Um, and, and, and people were saying this. Different producers were kind of going like, this is one of the greatest power trios in the history of rock and roll. Yes. They're one of the... They're still re, still going. Like, yes. Cream, the Jimi Hendrix experience, all that shit's gone. Like, mm-hmm. we still have fucking Rush. Yeah. You know, like, what are they doing here? You know, let's get... You know, and I believe there was a, a movement... Um, with some with some albums leading up to this, include roll roll the bones. What Presto, hold your fire, right, maybe right, right. Had, um, roll the bones. Were, yeah, uh, yeah. We're we're more of a like you know trying to get the guitar back back in there. Although mm-hmm. roll the bones has that <clears throat> rap. <coughs> it was a joke, wasn't it? It was a tongue in cheek joke. <coughs> Little rap going on. I remember hearing still a kick ass song though. And wait a minute, Mr. Yeah. Pittsburgh. I'm yeah. not going to say what you think I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna criticize it, but I remember hearing it and think and going like they have a sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. I mean I was obviously not trying to be We're serious. gonna be a hip hop fan. Yeah, they weren't seriously going hip hop. <laughs> but there were some fans you know, there were some fans that are like were nervous, like, real hey. nervous. Wait a minute, I, I liked them and Michelle, like you play some rush, but, but the, not that, that roll the bones hip hop stuff. Yeah, we don't want why when they went to their hip hop period, why weren't you into it? <laughs> and that wasn't their hip hop period. That was, oh, like, you know, them, gosh, wink, 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 nudge, wink, nudge, 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 say no more, say That's what that was. So <laughs> simmer down. Simmer down now. Simmer. What? Don. Sure. Now, simmer down. Exactly. Okay, so. Um, also, and another thing that I think is so great about this record, they come back to rock, right? Yes. But, yes. but they do it like sounding like a band now. Or a, cur- or a current band, right? They didn't come. They didn't. It didn't sound like, you know, like they um, went back to Zeppelin or or or, or like maybe, um, you know, like because at that you know at that time, like in the begin early part of the nineties, bands like a lot of hair metal bands were still trying to put out records, right? You know yeah. what I mean? And they yeah. really sounded. It was cringy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, this sounded totally grounded. It sounded like them and everything, but it had. A contemporary sound. It fits perfect. Those other albums that I named, it fits perfectly in with all of them. 
Yeah, except it's a million times better than all of them, of course, because mm-hmm. it's Rush. But in terms of the the sound, the vibe, um, um, it, it, it's right there. Any of those songs were like none of them sound like dated or weird or no, like no. really like oh this would have been so out of. Especially when I heard Cold Fire, I thought that. Um, I was listening to that and I was like, man, this sounds like one of the, like, this sounds like, like a, almost like a great, this like Alex and Getty said, yeah, we can write alternative rock. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. and it's a great fucking alternative rock song. Exactly. It's fucking killer. Um, <clears throat> I mean, stick it out is almost like a, kind of like a grunge. Yeah. Kind of, only better. Yeah. It's like boom, right there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like what grunge was, was supposed to sound like. In other words, they took a lot of the sounds that were happening at the time and made them better. Because uh-huh. Rush. If you put if Rush, Rush does it, it's automatically better. <laughs> okay, exactly. goodness gracious. So um let's talk a little bit about the production. Okay. P- Peter Coolins. His name is Peter Coolins. I don't think really I need name? his thing open twice. No. We can just open one Peter You're Collins. You're just excited about Peter. Peter Julian <laughs> Alexander Collins. Wow. Uh, it's produced records by Gary Moore, Bon Jovi, Billy Squire, Rush, uh-huh. Air Supply, Alice Cooper, Nick Kershaw, uh, Suicidal Tendencies, Queens Reich, Indigo Girls, Nancy Griffith, Jermaine Stewart, and you get the idea. Yeah. The Cardigans. Oh, I like to love yeah, he's me, working love some people, me. Is what you're trying to tell me. Tracy Allman. Ah, oh, Tracy, yes. Uh, the Brian Setzer Orchestra. Orchestra, you say? Yeah, exactly. Well, so he's, sure. in other words, he no slouch. No. no. He ain't no slouch now. No, no. But he was a um, an assistant producer or worked with their producer, I believe, on one of the previous albums. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Peter Collins, producer, who uh, he co-produced Power Windows and Hold Your Fire. Okay. And... Um, so they they had known him. Right. He was somebody right. in the Rush world. You know, it wasn't some stranger. Lucky. But they kicked around all kind of ideas for producers for this. Um, they um, were thought, thinking about, well, should we go get some, like, young, hot guy? You uh-huh, know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. wouldn't imagine, like, a Rob Zombie produced a, oh my God. Um, a Rush album. Or what was his name? What's the guy that produced Johnny Cash and all those guys? Oh, Rick Bake, Rick, Rick, Rick Rubin. Rick, Rick Rubin? Okay. Yeah, Rick Rubin. Um, <clears throat> Kenny Baker, who also happened to play R2-D2 in... Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm so lying right now. These are called lies. I say lies. I sit on the throne of lies, Ludini. That was him, right? I got to get Elf in this year. I'm, I'm behind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... No. So so he ended up he ended up producing mm-hmm. the record. He's an interesting character. Uh, I watched his segment in um, um, help me with the name of the movie. Beyond the Beyond the Lightest Stage. Beyond the Lightest Stage. I'm going to go Beyond the Mr. Pittsburgh Stage. Right. I'm <laughs> good thing I'm here. So he was funny. Um, he was like, you know, him and Alex had a lot of arguments about Alex's uh-huh. pedal board. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and Getty Lee, they cut to Getty Lee, and he says, "Well, actually, <laughs> a lot of producers were always trying to like yeah. take the pedal board yeah. away, but I guess uh, Peter was like, abs- he put his foot down. Yeah, <clears throat> and he said they drank, they would go out. He says, he says we re- we resolved a lot of things, and Alex says over a few drinks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <clears throat> so apparently, you know, they had some contention, but they ended up with a great fucking result. Yes, this is." Um, 
Alex Lifeson on this record. Um, well, we're going to talk about Kevin Caveman Shirley first before we Kevin get to... Kevin Caveman! Kevin Caveman. Uh, he's a and South African-born music uh, engineer, <laughs> audio mixer for many artists, including Aerosmith, Ooh. Black Rose, Silver Chair, wow. Journey, Iron Maiden, Led Zeppelin, Joe Bonamassa. Wow. <clears throat> so Dream he Theater. Is, yeah, Look at that. Yeah, Dream Theater Europe. The final countdown. Thank you. We'll be here all night. Springbok nude girls. Ah, I'm going to have to oh, check out the, spring, the Springbok nude girls. Anything with the word nude in it. <laughs> uh, and girls, because I don't want to. Well, yeah, I can go the wrong way. Nude guys. No. No, thank you. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so they brought the ca- the they brought man. they did bring the caveman in. Nice on on this record. Um, so these two guys were very instrumental in getting them to sound more rock and roll, rock and roll, and rock um, and roll. Uh, you know, right away, Peter Collins wanted Getty to go back to his uh, Fender. Uh, what, jazz. What, jazz, Fender, Fender Jazz. jazz. Yeah. And he plugged him into some big old, big old uh, Ampeg. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> cabinets. You Have you ever seen that a- Ampeg cabinet? It's like the most famous one. It's a, it's a Ampeg. It's uh, eight tens. Yeah, it looks like a refrigerator. Yeah, my um, uh, the the band I was in, Hemlock House, the drummer was in a band. I can't remember the name of the band, but their bass player had that, and they'd play little venues with that huge. Thing. There's and guys always, who would only take that. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it does sound fucking amazing. It is like a, such a classic yeah. sound. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, but wow. he was, uh, you know, but you know, so, uh, but anyway, so it was like rigs like that. There's like great classic rigs that they brought back. Um, Alex on this album got um, introduced to him and his guitar tech started talking about what they wanted to do on this record. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a uh, an entire conscious effort though on this record to go like, how do we blend a more um, free, loose kind of thing uh-huh. with still, you know, some good structure and songwriting and yeah. arranging and cool tight parts and stuff like that. So they were like intentionally trying to, so they were, so th- them and working <clears throat> with uh, Collins and Shirley, you know, on, you know, kind of like getting, getting it kind of back to basic sound um, was kind of also their mindset as well. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted to go in and record, you know, um, I, I don't know uh, 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 signals, you know, part right, two, or right, something, right, you know exactly, I mean? yeah. You know, it was like no, no. They they knew that they wanted to do something a little bit different. Also, they were um, they had uh, Primus had opened for them, and they were really excited by Primus and loved the, oh, what yeah. they were doing. And um, they said so they also really loved Pearl Jam. They really were just kind Interesting. of so. This was um, you know they had their ear to the ground, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And some bands do this really well. They can keep their ear to the ground and work in new sounds and current sounds that are happening. Right. And they don't sound like they're pandering. Like they're or trying be- too hard. <clears throat> to, I think the Stones yeah. had good luck with good luck with this and not so good luck with this at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, you know, I mean, "Miss You" is a disco song, and it's probably considered right. one of the Stones' greatest fucking songs. Yeah. 
Um, I'm, I always take up for emotional rescue. It's a very kind of bizarre, overtly. I love emotional rescue. Um, you know, disco song. So, you know, yeah, different. It's just so but it's different. very out there. It's, you yeah. know, but they did it in their own way. So I think that Rush is kind of like again, they had their ear to the ground. They're listening to things for years. They were started getting influenced by new wave and uh, 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 keyboard oriented music. They really love the Police mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like this. Now they're going like, well, what's going on in the world? You know, we don't. You know, they don't. I don't know if they were. I don't think they were necessarily. <clears throat> going like they don't want to be dinosaurs, but I think that they had that vibe that there was something changing, and they right. wanted to they wanted to be part of it. They want to progress. Yeah, they sure. want to progress. Um, and you know, s- somebody in that documentary, that documentary. Oh, sorry, Beyond the Lighted Stage. Um, uh, <laughs> like, why are you pointing at me? S- s- some, I'm pointing at you. Fucker. I, I was uh, some rock journalist or something was saying that like yeah. you know yeah. There's people, there's fans that want them to be a prog rock band mm-hmm. for like the next thirty albums. Right. You know what I mean? And they, no, they have no interest in doing. Not, they, you know what yeah. I mean? They have no interest in doing that. Exactly. It's interesting. Yes. That you know, Rush puts out, um, moving pictures. Uh huh. And everybody praises it. Right. Metallica puts out the Black Album. Sure. And everybody's like, hey, they're true fans. Like, hey, you guys suck. You. you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Could you imagine if, like, people said that about Rush, you know, when they put it, you're selling out, you We'd know? have to kill them. It's just like, you know, and then they might have had a few fans that, like, them. were hardcore, for, yeah. you know, the prog yeah. guys, they're, they yeah. get out there sometimes. But <clears throat> the band was, um, without pandering, had found a way to create a more grounded mm-hmm. sound, mm-hmm. Yes. you know? Yes, they did. Uh, um, this also was the album that prompted the recording of this album in, the, in this tour. It was the thing that prompted um, Neil Peart, arguably the greatest rock drummer on the planet at that yeah. time, um, to actually go get drum lessons. Yeah, this was this changed his whole way. It was of it playing. was this record yeah. where he decided he heard, he just didn't like where what he was doing. His uh, he said something very interesting that he had been playing to click tracks and sequencers and everything and when they went to record this album and they were trying to do something more free he Mm -hmm. says he felt like he was just too like locked in that he couldn't float around kind of restrained yeah yeah yeah. um um so he was asked so Alex so this is from Alex this is the the most prominent interview that I have I'm gonna I don't not gonna I don't know. I could get talked into reading the whole thing. But um, <laughs> so we're just going to kind of go through some of the questions. Um, uh, how did the making of Counterparts compare to recording other albums? Okay, uh, It was fun to make. Everything just happened. There were no real hurdles that we had to go through. And it just feels right, you know. Results are very apparent on this one. And I think probably Moving Pictures is the album for us that's very similar to this one. Uh, made the same sort of way. I remember that being a lot of fun and everything really happening on that record. Mm-hmm. So, so in other words, it was like a cool vibe in the studio. Yeah, yeah. We were chilling. We felt good about what we were doing. We mm-hmm. were happy mm-hmm. to be there. We were having fun. Did you play live in the studio? He goes, I did all the guitars in the studio, but we didn't play live as a band. Um, so they don't, they, you know, he kind of goes on to say that it's not <clears throat> something that... Um, uh, Rush was had had done right. even for like a long time. Right, yeah. which is not really how they did. Everybody how they just do kind of does their own. Parts they do their own thing. Yeah, yeah. they did. They, they just layer their parts. <clears throat> um, 
so here's so so here's what he so he goes on to talk about how instead of playing m- most guitarists will record their parts in the control room mm-hmm. listening to it through the monitors right that's what most guys do um but there was a time when you you stood in the studio with the amplifier oh yeah and you know with headphones on um and you did it that way you played your mm-hmm. parts that mm-hmm. way uh, but he says he did all. Uh, he said, so what? This is what he meant by he did all the guitars in the studio, meaning he didn't sit behind the the desk. Right. <clears throat> he said the so so. <clears throat> he talks about the difference that that makes. The fact that uh, the guitar is vibrating against your body means you can feel it through the wood. You can sense it going through the pickups, the sound of the guitar coming back through the pickups, and all of that. It's definitely worth it. Plus, the way we recorded the guitars for this record made a difference. In the end, but I think probably the major difference is being in the studio and playing. I really enjoy that a lot. So it doesn't take much to encourage a guitar player to stand next to a really loud amplifier. Right, play. right. You know, that's what we all like to do. That's what makes it fun. So that's basically how they did it. Instead of sitting behind them in a kind of a controlled environment. And he goes on to say that, and this is very true. When you're in, when you're sitting at the desk and you're doing it, you're mm-hmm. constantly distracted. You're, because of what happens, you take the right, part, looking, yeah. and then people start talking to you. You know what I mean? There's always three or four people that want to start talking. Or if you're doing it yourself, you okay? Now I'm I gotta stop thinking about or being in the guitar zone, and I gotta go back to edit, back up, re, you know, switch, you know. <clears throat> then I've got to pick the guitar back up and do the next mm-hmm, thing again. So mm-hmm. I'm like not staying in the guitar vibe. Whereas if you're in the studio room, in the room with the amplifiers. It's just you, the guitar, and the amp. It's just you and the guitar and the amp and your headphones. And the guys out there take together and there's nobody trying to chit-chat with you. Say, hey, um, you, you need coffee? Uh, gotta, you know, what time's lunch? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Or the phone rings and somebody's got to go do something. You know, it's like you don't have to deal with any of that. You can just be in your zone. Mm-hmm. Um, musicians love that, by the way. Oh yeah, that's like one of the most satisfying uh, things uh, for in being a musician is just finding that zone and being in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about the songs are more visceral, more rock oriented, more direct rock approach. Uh, he said, "Yeah, for sure, certainly in that way." Uh, it was record. Uh, that's how it was recorded. We went right back to the very basic style of recording. The engineer. Uh, that we got to do this is Kevin Shirley. That's his style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't like uh, to clutter it with all kinds of crap. He goes in and moves the mic around until he hears the top end, until he hears the bottom end, until he hears the mids, the way he wants to hear them. And once he's achieved that, then he knows that that's the sound. It's not going uh, back in the control room and tweaking the EQ until he's manufactured a sound. Okay. So it's like he was very much more about like, let's just capture what's here. Do the best we can to capture what, what we got, not try to manip- fix it in the mix, as they say. Right. Um. So um, there was arguments about reverb on this. Um, it's funny, but we're gonna move forward a little wee bit. Um, he said, "Oh, by the way, he said he loved this way of recording." At this point in 1994, whenever this article came out, he said he was never gonna go back to doing it the other way. So right. I don't know if he has or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but at that time, he it really inspired him. Um. So they're talking about the amplifiers now. So guitar nerds. Mm-hmm. Perk up. Listen up. Uh, used a 5150 and a, with a Marshall 412. Okay. And he said there was another 100-watt Marshall head that um, that they used as well. They, they mixed it together. It's very common. Uh, he actually did use his Galen Kruger setup on, and a couple th- mm, for a couple okay. little things here and there. But that was his sound for a long time was that Galen Kruger. Thing. Right, the GK. And this yeah. is a really nice return to like his like 
you know, all right, now now you got a guitar tone, buddy. Um, mm-hmm. um, she says, but it's primarily the PV and the Marshall. Uh, it turned out to be a great combination. The 5150 is an extremely versatile amp. You can really do, do a lot in studio with that. Um, he, um, he's, what happened was he found out about the uh, 5150 amp because of Eddie Van Halen. Sure. That's, you know, he says he always knew Eddie had a great, so they wanted to try him. You know, he yeah, had his tech yeah, to get one, get. you know, and let's see what we can do. At that point, you know, you know when you're Alex Lyson, you know what I mean? You don't got to look how much I got on my credit card. Right. You just, to, you I just tell this. your tech and you know, yeah, say, we I need, need the 5150. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jim Johnson was his uh, tech that kind of got him into, into checking out all these um um, things. Um, he's talking about what he's going to use on tour. He said they're going to use Marshall Stacks on tour. He says, it's been a really long time since I used Marshalls on stage, but I kind of like the idea of having a few stacks behind me. Yes, yeah, rock and yes. roll. Uh, he said he went to see Eric Johnson in Toronto. I went down to say hi uh, when he was playing a semi-outdoor gig. Uh, when he toured with us on the last tour, he had a real mishmash of gear. He had Fender, Twin, as Marshall, something else, something else. Uh, when I saw him, he had a row of Marshall stacks, and I thought, God, you know, that That's really looks great. I'm going to have to go back to that. <laughs> Thank you, Eric Johnson. Thanks, buddy. Um, and he's talking. They, they kind of talk a little bit about the, um, um, yes. Uh, yes. the psychology. Of oh, okay. sorry, sorry. I've been, sorry. Of having all the uh, stacks behind you. Yeah, the sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was, And I was also. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing says rock and roll like a like a Walton Marshall's music. <clears throat> yes. Um. So um, he starts. They get into some of the songs here. Uh, they talk. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything that really jumps out that I want to get you guys with. I put a link to. If you want to read the full article, you can. What I want to talk about now, Mr. Pittsburgh and yes. I are here. I want to actually. Oh. I want to go song by song. Okay. And let's just kind of have little chit chats. Real quick. Yeah. Chit chat. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Somebody help me. Somebody stop me now. Somebody help me. Somebody put the kibosh on it. Now, this is one of my favorites here. Animate. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. I, I love, love the count. That's how it starts. It's very like it's very very constant. You start the album, so yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we one, go. Two. Yeah, very kind of old school yes. rock and roll thing. One, two, three, four, one, two. Those drums. Those drums. That's killer. He's just killer going drum sound. Crazy on them. Bass. Really, who comes up with that? Well, you know, first of all, uh, when they started playing that, mm-hmm. you know, when I remember when I first heard the song, I thought they're going to play in a different part before the vocals come in. That's just the intro. Right. No. Nope. Nope. That's, that's it. They start Let's singing go. over that part. Dude, that's crazy fucking mm-hmm. shit to sing over. Me. All that is kind of beautiful. They got that last one. Na, na, na. Mm-hmm.
So they changed the riff here. Mm-hmm. But that first part is really interesting because um, it, it seems to me like, and maybe I'm hearing, maybe it's what you're hearing is uh, Getty and Neil are really busy. Right, and right. Alex is playing this chord. She's like, well, I, uh, I actually learned how to play this song on bass. Not that I ever performed it anywhere. It's just that when I was in a band, we were a three-piece band. So much like uh, Getty had to do, I had to kind of fill those empty spots when Johan, our guitarist, was maybe taking a solo or something like that. And so that I learned how to do that long before I learned how to do this song just by plucking with my finger back and forth. You know, I didn't use a pick. So when I heard this song, I'm like, I kind of know how to do that. So I learned what, what he's doing on the. So I learned how to play this whole song. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could probably do it now. But very, you know, he's very busy he's there. Filling that, and he's, he's filling that up. He, and, and, and so Alex has to really kind of get out of the way. It's really those two yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Even flow. No. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, you do hear that. I'm talking see, like, I see where you you're hear coming the, from. alternative rock kind of influence. You're like, you know, like, I think of like. Don't it, pollute, animate. <laughs> Uh, don't don't, pollute. don't pollute animate leave animate alone um you know like i think like a lesser band would have just kind of chugged those chords out uh-huh. straight you know what I mean? yeah. but they found something really interesting exactly. to do with it it's yeah. not complicated but they're what their their parts are all it's not complicated it's sophisticated there you go angel in my armor in my Keychain that that uh-huh. corporation right yeah. there is just awesome. that's stunning. It's gorgeous. Go yes. rush. All right. All right. Are you ready to stick it out, Mr. Pittsburgh? Yeah, Can watch. you stick it out one time for me? <clears throat> How's that? <laughs> you can hear the guitar fading back. So that's yep. him. He's got you. Got you. Get that by standing in the room with the exactly. Empires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably loud as fuck. That feedback's fine. I love great. it. Trust to your instinct if it's safely restrained. Lightning reactions must be carefully trained. Um, very much in the spirit of something like Soundgarden, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's yep. you know, but it's it's just, it's Rush, but it's Rush, no, no, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, but it's definitely thing. got yeah, yeah. that like it's got that yeah. feel to it, but yeah. 
Yeah, no, you know that's very right. cool. Yeah, that's um, yeah, very cool. This is just a fucking sick riff. I could yeah. just play the whole song. Let's move on. No, that's not. What that's we're not. not it. That's not that's it. Not it. That's not, not it. it. Come on, cut hey, to the chase and get to cut, the next let's one. Let's cut here. to the chase and get to All the right, next song here. Let's get right to it. <laughs> It is the fire that lights itself. Fucking tambourine, are you kidding me? It's Rush, man. They can do it. It is the fire that lights itself. I can see like Mama Cast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Getty's hitting it off his hip as he's singing. <laughs> Might be. Arrow on a moving target. The archer must be sure. These guys do not take themselves too seriously. No. You can tell they have it is balance. The engine that drives itself. They're grounded. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yes. Like. But it chooses the uphill climb. A bearing on magnetic north. Growing farther away all the time. Can't stop moving. Harmony. Yeah. See that harmony? Yep. yep. It's all the ways of time. Sounds great. I guess that's just a chance I'm prepared to take. A danger I'm prepared. They sound good doing stuff like that, but you can understand that they really know that they weren't going to be able to pull that off live. They didn't do a lot of it because it wasn't like mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. thing live. It would just be tough <clears throat> for them to do live. Wow, what a fucking kick ass song. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Oh, this is an interesting song. Yeah, um, yeah I like this song. Let's talk, we're going to talk about. Let's going to play. We'll play a little bit of All Nobody's right, Hero right. for a second. <clears throat> I knew he was different in his sexuality. Yeah. When I heard him say sexuality, I nearly did a spit gag. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. every time I hear, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. I know what the song is about. Yes, and I respect the song Kenny and everything. Said sexuality, but it sounds just—it sounds bizarre. Yeah, there's something. There's something kind of weird about the song. And I don't have a problem with with gay at all. There's just like, it. What's the word I want? Is it on the nose? Is that the kind of word? Is that what I'm trying to? Is that the? Is that the feeling I'm trying to describe? Like. Like preachy. Uh, I never really saw it that way. Okay. Yeah. I went to his parties as a straight minority. It never seemed a threat to my masculinity. He only introduced me to a wider reality. As the years went by, we drifted apart. When I heard that he was gone, I felt the shadow cross my heart. But he's nobody's hero. Save the drowning child. Okay, um, just like kind of lighters in the air kind of mm-hmm, song, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Well, the thing about this song is, uh, well, I worked in the medical profession, and you know, dealing with sick people, um, you, you really have to harness your empathy 
and um, <clears throat> listen to the, especially the the second um, uh, verse, the second verse where they talk about the the girl who basically was murdered or whatever. Uh, I think Getty really um, relayed like the the hurts and the anger and everything in something like that, and even in even in the first verse there, you know, you you may not be that guy, but you know what, you're a human being. And you, so, in other words, I'm just like a callous motherfucker. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but um, that, see, that's why I kind of like this because okay, you're opening me up to it. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. You I'm know, looking at it with a. I hear there's a broader perspective. Maybe I, somebody I, maybe no one I know has been murdered, I, but I can feel for that I guess, family. I guess the thing. Know? I guess the thing was this. I guess the thing with this was this because it's about this inspired by Neil's gay friend. Um, he that he worked with in London. Mm-hmm. And he considered this guy as a role model, mm-hmm. and he prevented me from ever being homophobic. Okay. Uh, and when they drifted apart geog- uh, geographically, he found out that his friend had died of AIDS. Yeah. Uh, so it's certainly not like his life was in vain, but his heroism was in a very small arena. Collins suggested having a string se- uh, section uh, and chose Michael Kamen. So there's a big name oh, okay. right there to orchestrate and conduct. So Lee devised some uh, orchestral ideas that were uh, included on the final arrangement. Yeah. Um, 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 I guess that I am a sort of product of the my the, the current times in a way because everybody is just so like somebody said the other day and I can't remember who it was said something like there's a lot of people that like want to like you know say the right thing mm-hmm. but they don't want to do right they want to and they then they want to do evil basically okay you know what I mean and so like a lot of times people will do some kind of gesture the show you know show that they're mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. they're like they have the right idea but they're actually full of shit yeah, um, yeah. so i guess that like i'm a kind of like i so i knee jerk the stuff like that so hard that i've kind of like you know applied that to i've applied yeah, that yeah. to to this song which i wrongfully should not have done so yeah. see ludini can admit see, when he's that's wrong why, that's why that's why there's two of us here thank you thank you ludini <laughs> and mr pittsburgh there you go um double agent double eight no that's not this what's the next song secret uh agent, secret maybe. lover no between the sun and the moon oh thank you oh well, that was that because it, it kind of sounded like a like a chinese restaurant <laughs> Between the sun and the moon. Between the sun and moon. There goes that whole empty right out the window. All right. (laughs) Okay, wait a minute here. Check this guitar out. Sounds like some kind of open tuning. Yeah. Um, You know, reminiscent Mm. a little bit of, uh, you know... Uh, some of the ZZ Top kind of thing, mm-hmm, or the, mm-hmm. or the uh, yep. Money for Nothing kind of thing. Right. It's not that sound, but it's, you it's, know. Yeah. There is a lake between the sun and moon Not too many know about In the silence between Whisper and shout The space between Wonder and doubt The whole album is great. Up to this point, loved it. This is the first song that Mr. Pittsburgh and I are both sitting here kind of headbanging to. We're yeah. like, your heads are kind of going. I mean, it's straight up. It's fucking great. It's great to hear them just play, just mm-hmm. play rock and roll. Yeah. 
That's a nice yeah, uh, chorus. Very, nice. very good. Good. Yes, yes. Good show, lads. Oh, I like it. I, like good it. job. <laughs> right. Right then. <clears throat> right. <laughs> All right. Next up on the show. What the was that? Hold on. I don't do it. He's got the harmonics and the feed. The very first lick ended with like a little feedbacky thing. So, you know. And I'm not sure, and I don't really want to get there right now, but uh, Mm -hmm. I believe that this is a Paul Reed Smith guitars. Mm. I don't believe he's playing a lot of Les Pauls. I think it's primarily, this is one he really kind of came out with the Paul Reed Smith thing. Yeah, yeah. But he had to fucking like, Yes. Paul Reesmith said, sure. I'm never putting a fucking Floyd Rose on any of my goddamn guitars. Uh-huh. Guess what he did after he started he, hanging with Alex Lifeson? He put him right put on there. Put a motherfucking Floyd Rose right on. Right on, yeah. Told him not you. to. Told him not to. You and I, we are strangers by one chromosome. Slave to the hormone, body and soul. To be happy and free Swimming in a primitive sea Like, I wonder if, like, I think about this all the time because I'm yes. always dogging Alex Lifeson for the Floyd Rose on the Les Paul. Sure, yes, And I just yes, wonder if, like, yes. I ever get a chance to interview him, like, could I go down that road and would he go along with the joke or would he get, like, pissy? I, I think it's all how you catch him. Because he does have a good sense of humor, and I've seen him joke about things, and I'm like, Ooh, oh, okay, he gets it, all right. You know, um, so I even thought about getting a- But let's be honest, Neil Sean's the first one to, to really have his own signature guitar with the, the Floyd Rose on it. Yeah, those both of them, shame on that. Both of them! Both, everybody both else has got a Floyd Rose. Eddie Van Halen says you put that on a Stratocaster. Right. That Eddie Van Halen, uh, Eddie, that's it. Yeah, that's, it. that's it. Eddie fucking he does it. That's how it's done. Period. Next you don't put you a know. goddamn Floyd Rose on mm-hmm. a fucking Les Paul yeah. or Paul Reed Smith. Yeah, shame on you. Yeah, but this is a um, I'm fucking up this song. But we're not here to listen <laughs> to the song. We're here to kind of talk about it. Right. So. You and I, we must dive below the surface. This is, you know yes. what? This really is too. Yes. They are kind of jamming. Like those aren't yeah. like the super kind of tight parts you'd find on, um, like Roll the Bones, where everybody's uh-huh. going like, you know, they would all that shit. You know, it feels like Alex kind of feels like they're jamming. They're having a good time. They're jamming like almost, and they never do this. They always play the same parts in live, but almost as if those little licks he's doing over, like uh, in between the um, Mm -hmm. the the lyrics, might he might do them different like each time. Almost it has that kind of vibe, you know, which is something that like they don't really do a lot of. I mean, pretty quickly, I think maybe after the first record. It was pretty much everything okay. No, your your delivery just okay. showed up. That's okay. all. I saw something. Okay. Um, so, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the podcast by saying that. 
I gotta go, guys. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Um, no, just kidding. no, it's, it's fine. That, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were pretty much known for like, and so, and you can hear this thing there, and now it's kind of making sense with Neil saying that he listened to this and thought that maybe he was too stiff. Uh-huh. He isn't. I think he sounds great. He's no, no, he Neil sounds Perry. great. It's like very nice, flowing. Yeah, it and, sounds yeah, great. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds fucking great, man. Um, let's move on to right. the deep speed of love. Oh, bye. Faster, faster, the lights are growing dim. Wow, listen to them drums. Yeah. He's kind of in John Bonham territory uh-huh, there. With lightning bolts, electromagnetic force. Okay, I, he uh, Alex Lifeson talked about this uh-huh. um, in that interview, and that is that's not keyboards. That is him playing through one of those Yamaha SPX90 um, reverb delay things that were very oh, popular okay. at the time. Right. And with he's using volume swells. Oh, okay. You can okay. do a lot with volume swells. You can yes, do a lot. You can do yes. a lot. Yeah, that's a very cool song. Um, there's a gazillion songs on this record, and we need to go. Okay, so we're going. So that was a good. That's a that's a great jam. It's just going to mm. kind of move forward. Yep, yep, yep. Double agent Just man. man. <laughs> I don't think that's the song. Oh, that'd be great if it was. Yeah, though. Oh, no, wait, I don't wait, know about wait. That. Okay, I thought I was gonna fart. And I'm good. Where would you rather be? Over here. Anywhere. What? Anywhere but here. When will the time be right? Anytime but now. Anywhere. Okay, so we were talking about the looser feel on this record. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this was literally Lee called this like the like the least one of the least complex songs he ever wrote in his whole mm, life. Okay, and he says it's just a rave, like they're just jamming. Mm-hmm, There's no mm-hmm. like you know they're just kind of going with the flow on this one. I don't know. It sounds kind of good. Like you know maybe I, some I of you guys like might want to like yeah. experiment with. It. Felt, he said it, he admitted that it was very self-indulgent. Self-indulgent, yeah. <laughs> you know, him just sort of fucking around. Like, oh, silly. we'll just do this thing. Being silly, all right. I'll leave that, leave that hey, thing alone. Hey, you kids. Leave that thing hey, alone. Hey, teacher. Leave that thing alone. <laughs> this is the instrumental track, correct? I believe so, yeah. I could be wrong. I know this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
know, it starts out with this very kind of again loose mm-hmm, kind of jam mm-hmm. kind of thing, but they don't they don't stick with that too long. They do get into stuff that's a little bit. There's some tight you know stops yeah, and yeah. band. They're doing kicks together as a band, <clears throat> but still very fun. Like that's kind of I love this sort of ethereal yes, kind of yes. a passage to Bangkok kind sure, of thing. Sure. What it might have been fun for them to do, you know, is to on stage when they play the passage to Bangkok, like go into this or start oh. this and then get, get go into a passage to Bangkok. Um, I, I really like that. Yeah. That's really cool, cool and dreamy, trippy. It's, it's trippy. Dreamy. Okay, here's a and I I don't know what the thought was on this, but y'all fucked up because Cold Fire is one of the absolute best songs on the album. It should have been. I this should have should have opened the album. Okay. I would have gone. I would have gone. Um, Cold Fire. Mm-hmm. Stick it out. Animate. Okay. That's how I would have done the album. Well, they should have uh, called This you. could have been the difference, guys, between the number one spot and the number two spot. You guys fought with Pearl yep. Jam like yep. all that time. Maybe, yep. maybe, maybe, this like done it. maybe, maybe, maybe. Just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, there you go. I'm just saying. No offense. I'm just saying. No offense. I don't. Yeah, I don't mean nothing by it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Listen like the second that. I heard that, listen to that. Right I'm in. There. I'm in. When you hear the chugs. That's where I got it. I forgot my chugs mm-hmm. from. Uh, so what are your influences? Well, I got my chugs from Alex Lifeson. <laughs> almost, almost like if you would slow that down. That's a that's a uh, that's an ACDC kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Almost, you mm-hmm. know. And at least in this this part right here, Getty's playing very restrained. Yeah, he's just yeah. kind of playing the chord changes and mm-hmm. rocking with the with the groove with the drums. But don't push my limits too far. Um, this is, um, that, it was, so I, I have a question for you about this song. Well, sure. I don't know, like you said, you said, you're not as into this album, Yeah. but, um, this song kind of has two choruses, uh, that I'll, I'll be around mm-hmm. part. And then the, then the part about the cold, fire, mm-hmm. it's a cold fire, yes. you know what I mean? Like, it has like two, it has like two right. choruses. So I'm like. Which one's the chorus? Exactly. You know, like, um, exactly. well, and see, Rush was always doing stuff like that. Yeah. You know, this is their, like, they're not going to just, like, make, okay, I'm, close your ears. Okay. They're not going to just make a Pearl Jam album. What? 
<laughs> you know, I mean, they're not going to do that. They're not going to just make um, a Dave Matthews Band album or something. No, they're going to like they're they're like, yeah, we love his music. Yeah, like, we're still rushed. This out, yeah. Let yeah, me try still, this. And we're but we're still rushed. And, we got to yeah. we got to do it in the rush way. Yes, we can't yes, just you yes, know. Yes. I think this is what happens yeah. when I think when it becomes cheesy is when the band is like they completely throw away who they are mm-hmm. just to go do something because they. They think that it'll appeal. Right. They'll get a hit song, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. always like the, you know, nobody likes that. That's well, like a that's like a clingy girlfriend. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? That's like, ugh. Yes, but uh, yes. Cold Fire, and the album closes with Everyday Glory. We're going to give a second Everyday on that. Everyday Glory. I've got my hands in the air, like, you know what I mean? That's like, how the, the, yeah. the opening sounds like it would be in a John Hughes film. Yeah, 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 yeah Molly yeah, yeah. Ringwald, you know, is chasing some guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in the house where nobody laughs and nobody sleeps. Who's that guitar remind you of? What exactly reminds me of? Listen to it again. Listen. Sounds like uh, uh, the edge. Yeah, yeah. He's even yeah. using the repeats as like part uh-huh. of the riff. Exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah. I I thought that like right away when you two came out, I thought that I heard, and I never heard him say this, but I thought that I heard Alex Lifeson making little like picking up oh, on I've, little I, things. Yeah, yeah. Like as soon as you two yeah. came out, I thought that I heard like, him like okay. kind of like right. you could tell. Yeah, I was like, I yeah. think Alex Lifeson listen likes you too. Yeah. Um, oh, he! I like him too. <laughs> and you too. And you too. I like him too. So, um, all the links to everything are in um, the the show the notes. Show notes. Uh, um, that awesome. Read the full article um, in, uh, yeah. with him from uh, the old uh, guitar for the practicing musician. I put the link in there. You guys are really going to like that. And more information on um, Peter Collins and Kevin Caveman Shirley as well. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I was. Um, this one of the things I watched this week was yes. an interview with the finally saw Joe Bonamassa's interview with um, Rick Beato. Oh, okay. I was sick as a fucking dog. I went oh, to New Orleans. No. And I had a blast. And mm-hmm. shout out to Keith, uh, the Hawk Hawkins, uh, for showing a brother a good time. I spent a, like a lot of time with his band, the Stacy Weaver band. Nice. And um, they, you know, oh, bands. You yeah. know, it's just like yep. they had all the band, you know, stuff going, stuff going on, on. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. this guy that's like this, but that guy's like that. And there's like, you know, just the little band dramas that you have, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it was really fun. They were super cool guys. I enjoyed getting to know them all. Oh, they're wildly, insanely. Everybody down there, I think, has southern what they call southern hospitality yeah you know what i mean yeah. i think people just tend to be on the people much more apt to just start talking to you and stuff you know uh but i met tons of great musicians down there i had a lot of talk spent a long had long nerdy conversations oh about guitars with guys I bet. I it was bet. a lot of yeah. i was thinking about you the whole time brother uh. i was um this this the walter who plays with the stacy weaver band check this out so he has this he has this les paul yeah okay and i'm he put, listening and he put some it's a gold, it's a gold top <laughs> okay. and he put some kind of bigsby Okay, on it. Right. but he's All like right. Louis says. I can completely remove this, and you'll never know it was on the guitar. It's not. Oh, okay. It One do of those. Invasive. Yes. And like, and like okay. It connects to the strap button, tucks yep. up underneath it. You yep. know what I mean? It doesn't. Very good. Um, and it's it's a gold top. It is beat. The, like it is. It is. It is. Is it like green? 
Did, listen to me, dude. You gotta hear this. <laughs> like, you gotta hear this. You gotta, let me describe. I wish I could. I should. I should. should have taken a fucking picture. I should have taken a picture. Why didn't I do that? I took. What's wrong with me? Go back in time and do it, and come back. Ah, so all I, right. I want to go back, go back, and <laughs> take do it all the gold over. top. Okay. I take a picture of the gold right. top. Um, so listen. Um, <clears throat> yes. So yes. Uh, first of all, it was all checker cracked, and the yeah, checker yes. the, the cracks were real black, kind of. Yes. And um, right where the the bout goes, mm. where the arm goes across, uh-huh. it worn. was dude, this is so sick. Mm. The, it was it was worn there. Yeah. And then there was like the, the green that was like almost like it was dripping. Mm. <laughs> Calm down. That's sexy. <laughs> Simba down now. Simba That's drink at Corona. My um, my classic that triple pickup I got has got weather checking on it. That's nice. It's, it's like over twenty years old. So I'm like, oh. yeah. That's when cool. I saw it. I'm like, the new, the new Ooh, that, um, what, what's that called? Um, yeah. Is that the nit- nitro? Nitro yeah, it's the nitro basically yeah, the, cracking the new, from the, the cold new, to right. Warm the new and, yeah. finishes don't don't do that. That's a shame. Yeah, they're the, you know the new finishes don't do that. And you have sexy. well, they went to that because they were like, all oh, these guitars are wearing out. Like we want them to last longer. Right, it makes which total I can see. sense. Makes total sense. Paul Reed Smith's done that from the very beginning. He he was a pioneer in in doing that where like it won't crack. Um, um, Cracking whack whack you crack crack, crack is whack crack that crack is finish, whack finish crack is whack. No, it's not, man. I think it's hot, man. When you see, and it, look, I I don't know what your opinion of uh, of uh, relic guitars are, yeah. Uh, but I I look, if a guitar is going to look weathered, it should be weathered naturally from years of use. That's the way I look. I'm not paying extra for some guy in a lab with a razor blade cutting into the finish. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. No offense. <laughs> Just saying. I don't mean nothing by it. Um, I um, I have a guitar that is that I relic to myself just to play. It's that Telecaster. My, that Telecaster. Jeez, it looks fucking awesome. Beautiful. I do. People will come up and say, "What well, dude? What year is that Telly?" <laughs> like uh, two thousand and one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but in any case, um, anyway, in any case, I will tell you my thoughts on it. Um, I was much more like you uh-huh. for for my initially, yes. but then one day I saw somebody playing a Charvel mm-hmm. with the um, it looked like the, what they called the lo, l, lava rock finish. Yeah, I you know, know what I mean. mean. I'm talking yeah. about that red. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really crazy and everything. And it, I I said to myself, wait a minute, what's the difference between relic? And that, yeah, it's just the design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's of, just the design. style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, I sort of took the whole thing out of. It. I think it is cooler, but here's the irony of what you just said. Go ahead. If the guitar is naturally relic by through wear and uh-huh. stuff like that, it does not fetch as much on the used market. The relic guitars, yeah, like. Way they're, oh, out yeah. of, they're they're stupid. Oh, I know. But the guitar because they'll, they'll be like you you if you look at the descriptions and reverb they're all like yeah it does have a few nicks and dings. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a player's he, guitar. Yeah, like you know, but, you, you know, like exactly like that comes that from the, the custom kind of rel- shop relics. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I love that dude. Like I don't mind that one bit. Um, I this Paul Reed Smith I have right here. Somebody fucking played the shit out of it. They fucking mm-hmm. loved that guitar. Yeah. You know what that tells yeah. me? That that's a fucking great guitar. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's. it's 
fucking great guitar. It was like somebody's baby. Yep. So I've got somebody who fucking loved that fucking guitar yeah. and played the shit out of it. You know what I mean? It's got all that kind of mojo to it. I find that's more exciting to me than like oh, this is like a replica of the one Jimmy Page played <laughs> on Led Zeppelin. I'm like, wait a minute, Did, is it is it the one is he it played? The one he played? No, because, but it's no. like so no. Okay, then go no. away. Yeah, go away. Go away. Well, that's why I, I like my one Epiphone Black Beauty is because the. Um, uh, uh, like the gold, the gold pickup covers and stuff. It's all like, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, Patina. Patina. Yeah, Patina. Patina. I love I it because pa- you know the guitar's been. And the fact that they- I thought Patina was like a, you know, just like a nice Mexican girl. I didn't well, know. Well, was- she's beautiful. But anyway, um, but I love it, and and I know that guitar has been played because well, it's got a neck break on it. <laughs> you uh, know? Yeah. But it was it was you know you feel you know if you run your fingers along there. I, and I did a TikTok. We'll talk about this in a minute. I did a TikTok on broken headstocks because I own two guitars now with broken headstocks. I wouldn't trade them for the world. You're, you're Pitts. You're Mr. Pitts Bug. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm Mr. Pitts Bug. Good. But, uh, good. but anyway, yeah, and I love that Epiphone, man. I play that all the time, and I'm, I'm trying to make it even more <laughs> worn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I'll take a razor blade to it. <laughs> Throw it down the stairs. No, it's already, apparently that's already happened to the poor thing. <laughs> well, that's the thing. With, that's, that's, poor, well, that's poor the, thing. The neck breaks, uh, headstock cracks and stuff like that are very common on those balls. Yeah. My beloved oh. custom shop, and dude, I got to be very honest. Yeah. I don't like the guitar as well now. I mean, he did a great job. I'll give you can't 50 bucks tell. for it. <laughs> but, but like, it, it kind of broke my heart. Yeah, it kind of broke my heart that that happened. I know. Um, but uh, that's that's. But see, I like I like my guitars beat up a little bit. Yeah, that, you know, yeah, just yeah, like my women. Oh no, I didn't know I said. Oh no, you didn't. I wish. Listen to me, <laughs> Mr. Pittsburgh. Kidding. I would yes. love that. I would love. Wouldn't it be bothered me if like we played a gig mm-hmm. and it fell mm-hmm. and and the headstock broke. I'd be like, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I was so playing a gig. Playing you know what gig. I did? I fucking picked up my sweatshirt and it caught on the headstock yeah. and knocked it down like yeah. what a fucking middle age bullshit stupid. reason yeah. yeah stupid yeah uh, what are you gonna do okay so right. I'm, not, I'm not gonna get that let's let's right. let's move, move on. on move on let's move get on. to it speaking of rick beato interviews yes. uh, anyway, so i watched the joe bonamassa thing yes. and that's where he his kevin shirley came up okay and i was oh, like okay. Uh, okay. and i was like and then this is so interesting so we came back to that but anyways uh rick beato you must watch rick beato's interview with nuno bentoncourt Nuno, you have to you have to mm-hmm, watch it, especially mm-hmm. if you're a Van Van Halen fan. You don't have to, you know, these interviews you have to watch just to put it on the background, like while yeah, you're yeah, kind of listen house. to yeah. it as you're yeah, like a, like you listen to the radio, yeah, you know, exactly. come over and clean my floor and you can listen to it. Um, and he tells some great stories about Eddie Van Halen. Talk, nice. The story that he ta- talks about um, the last time he saw Eddie alive oh, wow. is very touching. Oh wow! It's really it's a great fucking story. Okay. Um, but um, he talked about how he, how him and Gary Sharon met, and they were they met at some club in Boston. We were just another band out of Boston, Boston. Um, and. Um, they, they, see, he said it was like stepbrothers. Oh really? And did we know, just become best friends? <laughs> yeah, he says. He says. He says he was looking at this guy. and looking at him, and they were kind of like you know, kind of being a little like uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. a little standoffish. And so he says, he says, okay, on the count of three, say your favorite Queen album. Okay. And they both say Queen too. That's funny. And he says, and he was like, what the fuck do you know about Queen too? Which is what the fuck do you know about it? Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. they sat like and had a whole bunch of drinks and like, <clears throat> like, like, and that's how they met. I think stuff like that. That's the stories really like that are cool. fucking awesome. All right. Um, nice. 
But um, this is cool. Um, he talked. He talked a little bit about guitars. He talked about his beloved Rat pedal that like mm. fucking just got picked up from the TSA, so they got to go buy another one. What he, he like? He won't check it or, or anything. He doesn't travel with his rig. He must carry it on his person. Um, oh, and he's just, kidding it's, it's me. What do it was? It's made at a certain time, and it's not like it's not like yeah. a rat. Like I have a rat. You can go buy. I bought for yeah. Sharon bought me for eighty I've, bucks or something like that. You know I've got I mean? an original, so I <clears throat> can. But, yeah. yeah, but even yeah. It, go watch the Josh Scott mini documentary on the rat paddle. I think I've seen it. There's like what yeah. fifty rats. Yeah. So he has yeah. one of those rats, the one, the one of the ones that's like kind of rare from a certain time in the eighties that uh-huh. everybody uh-huh. loved. You know, oh, is it the one with the green? Is it the, the white LED right. or the yeah. red LED yeah. or is it the no LED? Which yeah. logo? Blah blah blah. blah. You know, yeah. guitar players are insane. <clears throat> and um, he said Nuno. that it got he got it got taken mine? away at the TSA. Oh my! And um, so he's like really pissed. So he's like he's got his tech looking. And they have oh. to buy one like on Reverb for like six hundred dollars or something. Oh. So he's like, you know, wow, wow, see, wow, wow. The guitar players, um, that was like almost all bourbon. Ugh. Oh, yucky, I need, I need that. yucky alcohol. Ooh, hold on, I gotta get a drink. Uh. Mm, 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 ah, that's mm. better. So, um. Just real quick, I just want to wrap up the the Les Paul story. Uh-huh. Um, so it turns out that this so so I'm looking at this guitar and the whole time I'm looking at the guitar and there's something wrong with it. Okay. And so finally I looked at the headstock yes. and it was worn again. Yeah, yeah. And you know how Gibson puts the what the model of the guitar is on the little on uh, the truss rod cover. Truss rod cover. Well, it was on there. Beyond but the, the light silver of stage. Was, was yeah. <laughs> and it said deluxe, and I'm like, oh. Walter, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh oh. Excuse me. Yes. The Les Paul Deluxe. I tell us we're just gonna hang around with this motherfucker yeah. here. Doesn't like he's Say like it. Joe Les Paul. Tell him Les Paul Deluxe Had has mini, mini humbuckers. Right. Your guitar <laughs> has PAFs. Now, uh-huh. uh, excuse me, sir. But there's there's a problem. There's with this a problem he goes. Here. He goes. Yeah. I'm stupid. <laughs> oh lord. I rounded but really, it all were you- out. Really were you though? I was stupid, yeah. and I, I put fine. humbuckers in it. I know, I know, it ain't worth you know, not worth what it could be now. And we I don't plan on getting rid of it. I like it. I'm like, okay. It's Did he say what year it was? Seventy four, three. It's the seventies. Okay. It's one of the ones that supposedly <laughs> sucks and nobody wants. Now those guitars. Oh yeah, now they're going for, for big money. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like the the the, the three screwed. Uh, Three bolt neck on the Stratocaster. Three bolt neck on the Stratocasters are going for big money. I'm like, they're shit. They're not. They're not. They never were. I saw some. I saw. I saw somebody like like break that down. Trying to buy one. I know. They're shit. No, I'm just. I saw somebody. I saw somebody break that down and talk about how like it was absolutely never really never really affected anything. You know, people made a big deal out of it. Um. So yeah, dude. It's, it's wow. a lot of fun, dude. They're talking to That's people cool. about music and Very guitars. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Stacy's keyboard player. Uh-huh. Stacy's keyboard player's got it going. Uh, this dude has a voice like a fucking angel. Yeah. Um, when he sings, you could tell that pr- literally, probably beings and aliens and stuff bend their head down and listen. Yeah. Like, I, oh. This kid is like in, he's disgustingly talented. Sweet. He's fucking six English, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, songs, you so goddamn good, and um, you know, I, I, I mean, I shouldn't say this on the microphone. She'll never hear this, but I did pull him aside, and, and I says, I got to tell you something. Yes. I says, you need to go home and start your own band, like tonight. <laughs> like, tonight, go start your yeah, own band. Yeah. 
I mean, th- this kid's like, wow. you know, he could really go places. Um, um, I don't, I don't want to Keith Keith. Yeah, Keith's Keith. He he Keith had some. Keith. He he had his Keith one has thing Keith interesting observations. Interesting observations on all of, on. Of course, you know it was it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. We had a we had a total blast, and they're good guys. But this her her keyboard player is just a. I mean, they had a really great sound. They they cool. sounded really fucking good. Um, so um. While I was, I got so I come so I come back from New Orleans, sick as a fucking dog. Mm. So I was on my back Monday to well Monday night, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm. by midday, yeah. all of a sudden I started to come out of my sickness, sickness stupor, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was fucked up. So during that time, you know, I did what any normal person would do. I just indulged in audiovisual entertainment. There you go. And I watched a gazillion things, and I'm not going to go over everything I watched, but I did watch um, a great documentary on the making of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh wow! And um, what a cluster that was. Uh-huh. There was it was many years in in the making. Really? Uh, and the book that it's based on um, is not. Um, um, like they, the story's completely. They completely had to read. And when you see the documentary, you'll, you'll start to understand why. Uh-huh. But they end. They developed a new type of animation process. One of the um, to to make the um, characters look like the like they like the light in the room. There was always a problem. Oh, okay, with like yeah, yeah, Dragon yeah. And Mary Poppins and sure. stuff. You, the cartoon characters like stuck out like a sore dick because a sore you could, dick. You, you say? couldn't light them with the rest of the characters in exactly. the scene. Yep. So if there were shadows or there was sun coming in or they were standing under a tree or whatever, yeah. like you, they just they just were what they were. Yep. You know, so they created a way to be able to do that. And the other thing they learned how to do was to be able to move the camera around. Typically on those things, you got to keep the camera, camera on still spot, and then, or yeah, what you can't. Over, yeah. Okay, and the guy that designs this revolutionary animator, um, he's a kind of like you know, you know, kind of maverick kind of guy. They, they found in England, um, and he's the one that solved all these problems. Oh, for them. Cool. So it was wildly interesting. Um, should check it out. Um, also, um, I t- a couple of movies I want to mention. Um, I saw some uh, real pieces of garbage. Oh my! Um, I. Um, I, um, I'll start with the worst piece of garbage I watched. Okay. Uh, this is probably the worst movie I've seen all year. Oh. And, um, Exorcist Bloodlines. Oh. It's, oh my God. Not good? It's you're en- saying? It's encyclopedically bad. Wow. Yeah. It's not even like, wow. it starts out with a semi kind of interesting, you know, f- opening kind of sequence. It's uh-huh. like, okay, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? It looks kind of intense. There's some stuff that's intense happens, but it's like literally that is the best part of the movie. The rest of it is like dumb oh. writing, dumb script. Oh. People say stuff that's just fucking annoying. Saying the kind of same things over and over sure. and over like you hear on this podcast. <laughs> hey! Um, I'm just saying. And, and guess who's in it? The original Ellen Bernstein is in it. She's 90 years old. Oh, I God, did see that she was. Yeah, God yeah. God bless her heart. Oh God. God bless her heart. God bless her heart. But that was not going to save it. They didn't no. give her anything good to do. It was like no. there was dumb stuff from and actually I couldn't finish it. It was like I, I'm Sharon and I started kind of talking after like the opening sequence because yeah. it was like, like on and it was like, when's yeah. it going to get good kind uh-huh. of thing, you know. Um they 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 uh, pull out a few lines the 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 demon whatever pulls out a few yes. lines from the original you know uh-huh. your cunting daughter and you know oh, yes. blah, blah, blah. I, the whole time I kept on going you know 
Jamal sucks cocks in hell. Yeah, there you go. You're just waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I may have said it. I didn't wait around long enough because we got about halfway through it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah, like, we're we can done. turn this off. We're done. Um, uh, You're done. Going in order of total garbage to like <clears throat> moving forward to tolerable to like actually kind of interesting. Uh, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines uh, was a, I was not going to see. Yeah. Um, but I liked it way better than the Exorcist thing. Wait a minute. What was the Exorcist again? Exorcist Believer. Believer. Because you said Bloodlines originally. No, no. That's uh, what confused Pet Cemetery me. Bloodlines. Okay, but Exorcist Believer. Okay. Exorcist Believer. I just wanted to clarify Moving that for Moving to our... Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Okay, now we're going. All right. Um, I, uh, this, uh, what this is, are, do you, are you a fan or have you ever seen the, or a fan of the movie? I, I saw Pet the Cemetery? first one. Yeah. Okay. So I you know, know the premise. You know the st- in, the st- in the movie, there's yeah. a story where uh, there's a, po- the Judd. Played by Herman Munster. Yes. Okay. He said, you know, the kid, the guy asked him, hey, Judd, has anybody ever buried a person up there? And he goes, oh, God, no. And he spills his beer and all that. Exactly. And then later on, he says, uh, I'm going to tell you that part about not burying a body up there. Well, I wasn't quite wrong. <laughs> so, so, and then yes. he proceeds in that segment to tell the story of somebody who actually buried a real person sure. up there. Yes. And it was this guy's son. He came, mm-hmm. he didn't make mm-hmm. it during the war. And his right. son, father was so bereaved, he put him there. And he came back. When he came back, it was a whole fuck up. And yep. the whole town actually had to get together and like put put the kibosh on it. Yes, this is that story. Oh, okay. It's oh, that okay. Story. Okay. Um, I think that first of all, it's not nearly as terrible as I was expecting it to be. Uh huh. Um, it was totally. It's a totally serviceable movie. There are some things that don't make any fucking sense. Uh, there's a scene where two characters, one chasing the other, in a hospital. Okay. In a hospital. Uh-huh. Typically, right? There's sure. like, you're probably not the only patient in the hospital, right? Usually. And there usually isn't just one doctor and one nurse, right? Correct. Okay. It's usually like, it's like orderlies and sure. and custodial staff yes. and administrative, right? You know what I mean? Right. Even, even in, this movie takes place during the Vietnam War. Even, so even in oh, the you 60s. Think. Yeah. There's the, uh, by the way, the movie is a great soundtrack. Okay. It starts out with uh, Bad Moon Rising by, um, there Green you go. Of course Bible. it does. Yeah. Yes. Um, so anyways, um, so you think so they're, they're running and this one character chasing the other and like there's no other people in this hospital like somebody should jump out and grab the other and they could have the movie nope. needed that to happen they had to chase to get to the oh, you know what I mean I yeah, and it was like it was some things like that and there were like yes. eye rolls you know yes. it takes you out of the film uh, it is masterfully shot really looks good it's got some great acting by none other than uh, Henry Thomas Oh, okay. Sure. And David Duchovny. He's really David good. Duchovny, he, why don't you love me? Yeah, sure, sure. He's, he's really good. He's really good in it. Okay. Pam Greer has a small role in it. Oh. Haven't seen her in a minute. Yeah. Um, it's very, um, so some cool stuff like that. Beautifully shot. It has mm-hmm. some good, like, gory, horror oh kind of things that happen. It's not like, you know, it's oh not like a super my. tame uh, uh-huh. Kind of thing. All the, the younger actors, I think, are all totally solid. Um, I like the sort of storyline, uh-huh. um, but um, there was just some logical inconsistencies okay. and some stuff like that that kind of like. And there was, I think, it had a couple pacing issues. Um, but I think, all in all, it's the right length. It's under an hour and a half. Oh, perfect! Yeah, for it's you. an hour and twenty-seven minutes. There you go. Yeah. You know, so you're in and you're out. I think <clears> it's like the right. I think any a second more would have been way too long for that. It was just. Yeah. It was just right, you know. Uh, but if you're interested in hearing this, hearing, seeing that story flushed out, fleshed out, flushed out, <laughs> or flushed out, out. Uh, check that out. And I want to conclude by talking about the movie Suitable Flesh. Oh, my. Right. 
Exactly. Sounds like a porno. Yeah, it does. So I want to talk about this movie. You can see Google knows that I already want to talk about this movie. Um, this, this again, has a great cast. Um, a psychiatrist becomes obsessed with one of her young patients, who she later discovers is linked to an ancient curse. Oh, my. Heather Graham... Oh, I like is, her. Is, is, is in it. I like She's, her long time, if fa- you know what I mean. Right. And, and the great, awesome scream queen that we grew up with, yes. Barbara Crampton. Barbara oh, Crampton yeah. is in it. Barbie, Barbara is also a producer on this. She has been producing films for a while. All right. Um, but um, <clears throat> let's see. But you say Heather Graham's in it. Heather Heather Graham is in it. She's a, she's kind of the main character. She's pretty much the um the uh She's the, a nice girl, I can tell. Pretty much is the main the main character. Bruce Davison, who's been in tons of stuff, he's a kind okay, of great, I know char- him. Yep. great character yep. actor, um, is in it. Um la, 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 la. I'm trying to find Oh, Edward Derby's played by Jonathan uh, uh Skeech. Jonathan Skeech, Skeech, he was in that thing you do. Oh, okay. He's done in a few things, but that sure. was his like claim. I believe he was yeah. the main songwriter guy. Interesting. Um, Fascinating. So, um, so, so it's so funny because when I said suitable flesh, you made that kind of like, oh, like kind of like, oh, like it was my. insinuating it might be naughty. Yes. Well, um, it's not. It is. First of all, it's uh, loosely based on the thing on the doorstep by H.P. Lovecraft. Okay. Um, yes, it is shot. Like a porn, it has. It's yeah. like this is like a like the production values of like the sets and That's, stuff like that. Really, I really that have level? that kind of like oh you know what I mean. Okay. Like they made no eff- They made very little effort yeah. to make it look like anything. Okay. Um, there's a couple of moments of some of some. Oh, oh that's kind of cool cinematography. But like, like really for the most part, like low production values. All right. They then. spent their money in other ways. Okay. Um, I think that they spent the money. One of the things on a great cast, uh-huh. and they spent the money on um, really good, practical, gory effects because mm. uh, it gets gory as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, first of all, it's H.P. Lovecraft. I mean, it is a throwback to the movies that Barbara Crampton did, like uh, Reanimator. Yes. And okay. um, From Beyond. Oh, and, and it is. This is not. This movie knows exactly what it is. It knows that it's campy. Okay. It's not like trying to like be something, you know. Right. It, it's grandiose or anything. Like it doesn't even. It may not even. It may not even think that it's scary. Like you could tell the movie has a kind of like yeah yeah yeah. yeah we're just doing this crazy thing. You'll you'll like it. I was uh-huh. thoroughly entertained for the whole fucking thing. Even though there's a lot of cheesy shit in it, it was it was fun. Um, there is, um, there is. It's very sexual. Oh. It's kinky sex. Oh, um, and um, some of the it's oh funny because some of the reviewers, like on YouTube, uh-huh. just lost their minds because they're like they're Gen Zers, okay, and they can't handle it. Mm. Like this, it's not really, really rapey. No. Like what? Wasn't rapey? Was it? That isn't a word. Yeah, rapey is it. not a word. Stop it. I like ACDC, even though their lyrics are a little rapey. <laughs> okay then, that's rape. why I like them. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> you feeling a little rapey tonight? Um, 
Um, but no, there is like it, like really just out there fucking sex scenes. Uh huh. Um, there is a really hilarious um discussion between the antagonist and the protagonist. Uh huh. Where they kind of briefly touch on, and the, and the the antagonist makes a kind of a they end up making a kind of joke about the future being female because this antagonist can. I'm gonna just kind of give you a little bit of a spoiler. This thing jumps from body to body oh. and has was has been a woman and has been a man. Okay, so there's a kind of like so there's a kind of so there's that thing. In so it's it. looking for suitable flesh, isn't it? So. Yes, that's exactly what it's doing. It's looking you. for suitable flesh. Such as a man, a woman, blah, 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 whatever. <clears throat> right. And um, and that is, I think, like the sort of, um, what's the word? Well, the, the sort of like gender subtext to it, I uh-huh. think is really, I think it's actually kind of clever because, it, again, the movie doesn't take itself seriously. Okay. It's not like trying to tell you a message or anything. In fact, I'm just sort of putting the gender subtext to it to, to, okay. to, together now. Yeah, yeah. But the way it's handled in the film is it's very kind of felt tongue in cheek. Okay. Um and um it's um there's chick fights. I like raunchy it sex. Oh my. You know, gory practical effects. Uh-huh. Um just crazy shit. A guy gets run over by a car, like, oh. and then run over, and then run over, and then beat, Ouch. and run, Ooh. you know, just like, you know, <clears throat> it's like, uh, it's off the fucking top. It's over the top. It's, over, it's uh, you know, it's off the hook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Uh, there's that is the one movie that I would, uh, of all that I would say, I, if, if, if you like the kind of thing, if you can't, if you like anything, if you're like, uh, you know, it was, that was just too silly or whatever, like, you're not going to like it. You have to go oh. into it with, like, this is crazy, campy, funny, weird. Okay. We're gonna have fun, you know. It's not. We're not gonna like, you know. They were just scary. And it's uh, uh, it's on Shutter. Okay, it's on Shutter. Very good. So, um, Mr. Pittsburgh yes. mentioned, uh, how do people find you on TikTok? Because yeah, so I'm on, his TikToks are really fucking good. I'm really thanks. enjoying them. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I'm on TikTok. You can find me at Pittsburgh Kevin, all one word, all lowercase. You just type, you know, if you if you're on TikTok. Go to the little magnifying glass. Just type in Pittsburgh Kevin, all one word. You will find me. Uh, yeah, I got a whole bunch of crap on there. I talk about some of the uh, music documentaries I have. Uh, but, I, but lately I've been uh, talking about my guitars and just little stories on how I got the guitar and how uh, I think I did one today of uh, how I learned how to play guitar. It's kind of entertaining. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh Kevin on TikTok. And uh, yeah, I'll see you there. Yes. Um, speaking of TikTok, um, one of my favorite uh, TikTok uh, creators—I don't know what they're called. Yes. Now, what you guys call yourselves? Sure, TikTok why not? Creators again? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, is this guy that he has this mom who's probably in her sixties uh, or seventies, and he like he says, "Hey, mom," and he asks her a joke. He tells oh, her a okay, joke. Oh, okay, okay, all right. And he tells her a joke. All right, go ahead. And so I saw I I heard this on Thanksgiving. And I have not been able to stop telling this joke to people. Okay. So, so this is, but this is what it's from. So he goes, you can imagine this. It's just this woman. She's like, she's eating. They're eating you sure? or something, you know. And like, there's a couple of, there's at least one or two other people in the room, you know, just kind of mm-hmm, milling around mm-hmm. the kitchen table or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So she's eating and he says, hey, mom, what do, what does a pregnant 14 year old and her fetus have in common? 
Uh-huh. They're both thinking, Mom's going to kill me. <laughs> nice. I didn't dial up the sound effects nice. today, so we have no bones, yeah. Magoo. Boing. But... Yeah. That's, uh... they're wow. Both, they're both thinking Mom's going to kill wow. me. Wow. Oh, my God. Only here on the Ludini Rush and Roll podcast. What do you call it when oh, you when, what do you call it when you come in your wife's mouth? <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Loading the dishwasher. <laughs> yes. 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 All right. So, um Mr. Vince was like we're changing I'm the subject. Gonna, no, I I got one too. Oh no, he's got one. Oh, look out. Now, now I'm going to switch the ethnicity to my ethnicity Irish. Lou. So, in other words, what you what he's actually saying is he's not going to tell a, a black yeah, joke. There's, no, it was it, it didn't it wasn't a black joke anyway. Teasing. Lou, the what joke, the, the joke? Because I'm joking. About I know. I know. No, I was, and I was you know, you know. Lou, you want to hear an Irish marriage? I don't mean nothing by it. I'm just saying. <laughs> no offense. Do I want to hear an Irish what? You want to hear an Irish marriage proposal? <laughs> okay. What's an Irish marriage proposal? Hi, you gonna keep it? <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. It's okay. Hey, it's okay. I can say because I'm Irish. <laughs> I am black. So what? Ha- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh Lord, no. If I come on the show in blackface, yeah, and I can say I identify as a black person, sure, why not? And I can tell black jokes. Of course you can. That's the beauty of it. Until we go live, then <laughs> we got some problems. Dude, we would go viral, and we'd go viral in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. For all and, the wrong reasons, and then we'd have all the people out in front of your house protesting. I know. It, you know but the it, nice thing is, I live right old, next door, the, so I could sit out on the deck and just watch it. In all. the old days, when people would just go like, you know, be pissed off or whatever. Nowadays, people dox you and um, uh-huh. you sh- show, show up at your, and then if people show up at your house, like. For the record, that is fucking uncool. No. You Don't know, do you that. Why not take a goddamn joke? Now, nah, come on. Sit me down. So, um, all, right. All, right, all right. So next week, um, hopefully, the Ms. Lily is going to be back. Let's hope so. I like her. And She's I have okay. A, I have know, a cool for a girl. idea. <laughs> uh, I have a cool idea yeah. for a show, so we'll talk about that. So hopefully, we'll we see all that goes. Um, and um, go to Ludini Rock and Roll Circus dot com. Download yes. the. Uh, there's no free app to download. That's the next dot com, but. DinnyRockandRollCircus.com. Find out about everything we have going on. You can find the backlogs for all of our podcasts, including yes. our Rush podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Typically, we don't do the BSing, but I I saved it for the yeah, end. So, so you guys, fun. if yeah. you could turn that off after if you were done with Rush, sure. um, done with the you know done at the Rush moment. But if you're listening to this <clears> now, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Yeah, just listen to the very end. LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. <laughs> also, go to RockRageRadio.com. Download the free app. Free. Yes, um, you guys listening, happy Sunday to you there over uh, on Rock Rage Radio. Yeah. And um, Wolf's Customs. Wolfie. They do great uh, custom artwork on musical instruments, so check them out. Uh, Mr. Pittsburgh, is there anything you would like to add before we uh, s- uh, say goodnight, sweetheart? So, like, on TikTok, I was like, how did... Because I see all these Just one stupid, time on TikTok. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I see all these stupid live broadcasts. I'm like, what? And some of them are really stupid. Anyway, and so I'm like, well, how, do you, how, do you, how do you do that, right? We have to have a thousand followers. 
I don't have a thousand followers. So if you hear this, <laughs> well, I'm on, oh, by the way, I'm on TikTok too, and there's tons yeah. of like little stuff from about the Rock and Roll Circus on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exa- oh, yeah. Because I, I never, watch I it. never think to promote it. Yeah. You should, but anyway, but uh, yeah, yeah. So if you do happen to catch this and follow, just follow me. And then, and then when I start going live, look the fuck out. <laughs> hey, I'll be on there going, hey, TikTokers, does this look infected to you? <laughs> I'm just saying. Do you think it would be racist if I... Oh, Lord. Let's start a new segment. Uh, Do you think it would it be racist, racist if I fill in the blank? Fill in the blank. Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to get in trouble so fast. Oh man, I think that like people want to laugh and lighten up. Yeah, I mean, you we know have, what? Come do you on. remember when? Um, <clears throat> you're probably old enough to. I'm sure you're old. I'm enough. sure. Old I'm, enough I'm older than remember, you. I just don't know if you would remember this, but um, it, after 9/11, like uh-huh. there was this like super like seriousness, oh, yes, you know what yes, I mean? Yes. And then Gilbert Gottfried got up at some like event uh-huh. and told the. Um, the the aristic the aristo the aristocrats, oh, the aristocrats, the aristocrats uh, joke joke yeah, yeah you know what I mean oh, man. and um and then and it finally people started like laughing yes you know yes. and um, I think it's really time for people to start fucking laughing yeah come on like I mean, y'all are just laugh. too serious it really dude laugh. man I'm telling you man you gonna someday you're gonna be laying there and you're gonna be like man I was I, I was like more. I was pissed off my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm not rich or anything like that, but I mean, I was just trying to have a good goddamn time. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you know, so everybody nah, lighten right. up. Have a great week, everybody. Lighten up this week. You know, yeah. the, 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 when that moment you're tempted to lose your shit over somebody's Facebook or TikTok or something like that, just say, it ain't fucking worth it. Scroll on to, some, scroll on to something yeah, from the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus and have go. a good time. All right, guys, you have a great week. We'll catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. See ya.